0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a Friday bonus episode edition of Conversation with Shelby Green. I'm your host, the main man, Shelby Green, and we're going to get right into the meat and potatoes of this episode as I take a swig of sweet tea out of my tumbler. We're going to get right to the meat and bones of things, and we're going to talk straight about WWE Elimination Chamber. Now, I'll give you a background. If you listen to my Wednesday show, my Wednesday episode Showed the show. I was supposed to have a guest for the show. Obviously, he couldn't make it, so I'm solo doubling at this show. It is what it is, guys. We're gonna get right into the matter, and here we go. So, obviously, WWE Elimination Chamber took place on February 18th, 2023, on Saturday evening in Montreal, Quebec, Counter, Canada, at the Bell Center. And the attendance was known for 17,271, so a sold-out crowd. Montreal has always been a hotbed for wrestling, sports, etc. It is a hockey town, obviously. Bell Center, you know we all, when we think of Montreal as a wrestling fan, you think of the Survivor Series 1997, the Montreal Scrooge, I like to call it. So overall, guys, we all know what this event was built around, this event was built around two things. One, we were six weeks away, now it's five weeks away from WrestleMania, and two... It was built around the Universal Championship match between... The Undisputed Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Before I get into that, I want to let everybody know that... I will have a guest for WrestleMania and that will be announced in the coming weeks. And it will be a one big part episode for WrestleMania. Because we know Mania is night one, night two. It will be a mega episode. And it's going to be a good one. So overall, we start the show off with a group video package like they always do. I will say one thing I've done with WWE. Their promo work video packaging work their production is just top-notch to the point where i'm just like this is awesome so the first match of the night and the crowd from montreal is ecstatic by the way to the point where i'm just sort going like god i have to go to canada for a wrestling show one of these days either toronto or montreal i gotta go one of these days so the we opened up the opening contest is for is the six women's elimination chamber match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, and for a, uh, obviously for a shot at that championship at WrestleMania 39 against Bianca Belair. Here's my thing: for those who don't know, the Elimination Chamber is a 6 side steel structure that has four chamber pods, and it where two people start off. and every Every five minutes, I believe, a new person enters the chamber. Now, as I take a drink of my tummy real quick. Obviously, the competitors are. First person comes out as Asuka. She comes out to Omega Pop. They're doing her darker character from Japan Kana. And I, it's starting to catch on with people. People know about Asuka. She's a, been a fan favorite for, you know, her charisma, her striking ability. Asuka's good. Second person comes out is Carmella. You know, she's just there to get heat. And you know, Corey Graves and Michael Cole commentary. So, you know, Corey Graves is going to do his thing and be, you know, about his wife, how it's her prediction, it, it's a prediction for whatever to win. Carmella. Next up is, I believe, was Liv Morgan. She uh, No, it wasn't Liv. It was Raquel Rodriguez. Um, she comes out. And I've, I will sit there and say this. I think Raquel is money in this. I think she will be money eventually. And yes. Fourth person come out was the Nikki Cross. She comes out. She runs the ring, does her thing. And I like how the fact that every person entered the chamber after Oscar, they interact with each other. I like that idea. Like, I'm coming for you, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, the next person comes out. Then The two people are going to start this match are Natalia an and Liv Morgan. Now, Liv... You know, Corey Grace brought something to how she's kind of like she's doing this thing where she wants to, she wants to start the you know she won in the remember match, at one or two she won in the chamber first, and she's kind of getting after the tasting the glory a little too much. I like what they're doing with that, and we know they've been teasing Liv being a little bit crazy and nuts. I mean, she did cut a promo and says she likes the way her, the way steel goes against her body. But anyway, so Taya and and. Uh, Liv start out and I gotta give it to you Liv has worked her ass off man from what I saw in NXT four or five years ago to now She is a completely de- different person. She's worked her ass off She has a, f- a cult following um, I'm a fan of her. I think she has the potential to be really good I can't wait to see what we to do. Natalia has been around for a long time, man She's been really decorate and whatever. She's done a great job uh, So the third person um, I start the match. So uh, then the uh, after five minutes the third person in the match was Ra- Raquel Rodriguez. She comes in, she immediately starts cleaning the house. And you don't realize how tall she is until you get next. She's over six feet tall. Raquel is a powerhouse. And I know people are online have been saying, well, and I'm one of them. I want Raquel to be like Big Mommy Cool in NXT, have that run. I don't like her wearing different color outfits. I like Raquel wearing black... Or the fact, that one time she wore that red with the blue jeans she wore in a street fight against Dakota Kai, NXT. People look it up, you know what I'm talking about. I would love to see Raquel go to that instead of wearing, you know, green and purple. I like her wearing, like, red, black. Something just makes her look like more of a badass. Uh, she comes in, she does a good job. Then all of a sudden, here, next person comes in is uh, Nikki Cross. She comes in, does some crazy stuff. Now, Nikki comes in, and she starts doing these, these falumbo, like running splash in the corner, and they look like shit to a point I'm like, whatever. Um, uh, Carmella comes in, the fifth. She comes in, and she just starts whipping ass, basically. Uh, not ripping ass, but right away, as, because there was a spot where. Every person was down, she runs in and she starts covering cooking the legs, one, two, three. And then they do the, the first chamber pod spot of the night where um one of the, the one of the spots after Nikki already dived off was uh Raquel picks her up like a bear hugs uh Nikki and she runs her to a pod with Carmelo into it as Carmelo was running into one of the pods. And Raquel rolls Nikki in and Nikki gets a one, two, three, and then Oscar comes in. And then you see um the the second person that was eliminated in this that a lot of people were surprised about was Liv by attempt, uh, by submission. Basically, Liv gets caught in the sharpshooter by Natalia. She doesn't give up. She doesn't. Fight. And I love how Liv is biting her hand like I'm not going to tap. I'm going to bite my hand until I bleed. I'm not going to give up. Oscar comes and puts an Oscar lock or an armbar on her, and Liv kind of smiles and she passes out. In that, so she passed out. So it doesn't. Liv doesn't hurt her. She passed out from pain. Liv passed out. And then of course the third person next was after right after that Natalia got took a super kick and she's pinned by Carmella. Then the one person they protected more anything was Raquel. I say, like, You're gonna protect Liv. I know neither I knew going this, I thought Asuka will win this. And I thought, like, okay, Asuka's gonna win this. I knew from the opening jump they're going with Asuka. I knew for a fact what they were gonna do. They were gonna do everything they could to protect her. And they did just that. I mean, they protected Liv and then they turned around and protected Raquel. They had Asuka and Carmelo kick her in the face and super kick her to death, and they did a double pin on her to pin, keep, keep the victory. One, two, three. And then, about as I look on Wikipedia right now, after I just watched it, less than 60 seconds later, Carmelo and Asuka get in the ring. They start jacking, they start doing some pin combinations. Asuka locks an lock, and Carmelo gives up with her head, an old school fish, and the, the crowd pops. Asuka wins. And they already see, the, you see, Asuka celebrates. And I will say this, opening contest. Also, the sunset flip powerbomb of the chamber that Raquel took from, uh, from Liv was perfect, by the way, too. I forgot to highlight that as I'm going through this. So, overall, good way to start the show off with a bang. And I'm going to skip the video packages and the promos. We all know what Mania, they're leading up to Mania, how their promotions and everything else. I'm not going to talk more about that. We're going to talk strictly about the event here. And I'm going to go with the second match. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, just a one-on-one match, red flag there, and it's going to be the third the third match in his children. They call it the rubber match in old school Brooklyn. Here's my thing. We couldn't get a stipulation in this match. I was wondering, why would they not put this in a cage? Why would you not make a no DQ? Why would you not make it a last man standing? Why would you not do this or that? And sure enough, I got the fucking reason why. Match starts off, Lashley comes out. First off, their promo package they did for this was fucking excellent. Lashley comes out He looks like a million dollars He looks like he can tear Somebody's house Brock comes out And instantly Brock is still over Brock is still Brock is in a later year Of his career He's in his mid-40s now And Lashley's in his mid-40s too And they both look great But you know Brock Is slowing down We all know Brock ain't Brock's probably got About two or three years left And he's gonna ride off From the sunset And Bobby Lashley's Probably gonna do the same thing Um I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, God, what can they do? Because I was a fan. The Royal Rumble match I went to last year in St. Louis, I was there, and I had a good time watching it. Their match at Crown Jewel, I really enjoyed. Something, can they top this? And starts off, Brock charges fucking Lashley, rubs him into the corner, and uh, overhead belly-to-belly suplex him. Brock is explosive. He looks good. Lashley and him are going back and forth. Brock tosses him to the outside with a clothesline, throws him back in. Next thing I know, um... Lashley cuts off Brock with a fucking spear and gets a near two count. So we get our first false finish within a minute of the match. Uh, Lashley gets up, hits him another spear. He goes for the hurt lock. Brock counters into an F5, kicks out. Then Brock goes for another F5. That's two in a row. Lashley, and I liked how Lesnar, after his first and second F5s, he took him in. Like, he took his grass. Like, oh, fuck. It took a lot of him to get that in. Brock gets fired up, and he's calling for one more. He goes for it. And Lashley counters it, shoves Brock off. Lashley bounces off the ropes. Brock goes for a close. turns turns around gets a spear. And Brock. And then Lashley's puts a hurtlock. And I'm thinking clearly. I said, there's no way in hell. And I'm going to talk about the person at the end of this itself sells. There's no way in hell that they're going to sit there. And they're going to end this match like this with a hurtlock this quick. Brock's going to pass out. I said, there's no way. Sure enough, Brock fires up. He can't get out of it. And Brock goes low with a low blow. We have never seen Brock Lesnar do that. And Brock is disqualified. And Lashley's the victor. Post-match, as I turn my phone ringer down, phone ringer off, excuse me, post-match, Brock ends up um, telling the official to come here. He grabs the official, F5s him, and now Brock's pissed off. And like Corey Graves, when Brock said best on commentary, when Brock Lesnar is in this mood, you better watch out. And Brock decides, I said, I've had enough. He F5s Lashley. Then he pulls him out of the ring and clears off the announcement, and F5s Lashley to the table. And then, of course, he grabs the referee, and he F5s referee onto that broken table. Brock walks away, and they show a replay package as they go back to the rate and Brock goes, I see you, Bobby, I see you. So here's the thing, I look at this. Was this trilogy a letdown? In some form, yes, I would agree with you on that. I am old school in the fact that I would love to see these two guys go to WrestleMania with this. And I would, what I would have done, because this is personally what I would have done, I would have had the contract signed in Elimination Chamber, and I would have had announced that we're going to put these two guys in hell in a cell. And I'd be honest with you, I that that would have been a match you could headline night one of Mania with easily. they have been the main event from night one because these two guys, you could put these two guys, they're one on one, and then you go to Mania, and then it wouldn't hurt Brock to beat Bobby because Bobby obviously, they know we're te- they're teasing Brock Lashley getting back with the hurt business. So. We saw, if you don't know, Friday night before the Rumble, Bray Wyatt came out in the ring with Uncle Howdy and said, I need to let you guys know that I'm in control of my family. I'm paraphrasing, but who Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley, whichever one of you walks out the like, line, which one of you is the winner, you should run. So Brock, obviously, while Lashley was the winner, Brock Brock was the one that walked out. Now, the following night on Raw, we were expecting, like, okay, is is Lashley going to wrestle Wyatt or is Wyatt going to wrestle Lesnar Mania, which I am excited for because I feel like Bray Wyatt, this is the opportunity, this is where we're going to see Bray Wyatt get his shine and his due that he deserves. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what are they going to do? The next night on Raw, Lashley comes out and says, I don't care if you're Brock Lesnar or Bray Wyatt, nobody can stop me. And then we find out Brock is not there, that Omos has challenged Brock Lesnar to a match at Wrestlemania so it looks like we're getting Lashley and, and Wyatt personally it's probably the right route to go because I don't think they want to beat Bray Wyatt and I think they're not going to repackage or rebuild Lashley but I think they're going to say hey we're going to put the Hurt Business back with you why don't you go ahead we'll give you a DQ win over Brock Brock will leave you late we'll go to Mania you'll beat you'll end up beating Bray Wyatt we'll put you back with MVP and we'll get the Hurt Business back there and we'll build the faction up behind you That's what I think. And because I think post-mania, if Cody Rhodes wins the universal title, from obviously we know the results uh, with Roman Reigns, um, I think we'll see Bobby Lashley and Cody Rhodes having a feud here in a little while. I also believe with Brock and Omos. Here's the thing. If they're going to go with that route, I'm not having a problem with it. Brock will get his win. I think they're going to go for that mania mode where Brock F5's fucking Omos, which would still be incredible that, that Brock sides to do that. But at the same time, it's like I'm sitting there going like, you kind of are putting yourself in a predicament because you got a Giant like Omos. He's already lost to Bobby Lashley. He's lost to Braun Strowman. He loses to Brock Lesnar. How many more times can you beat a Giant before he's not special anymore? Like, I trust Triple H and the creative process more than I would trust Vince with this. I just don't. It makes me scratch my head a little bit. That's all. Tumblr didn't come out of that tee that good. The tee didn't come out of that tumblr that good. But I was getting at, like, you know, Andre didn't lose very often. You know, Taker didn't lose very often. Guys that were giants that were special and made money in this business, Kevin, they didn't do a lot of jobs. They did their jobs when they were necessary. Um, Andre did a job for Hogan at WrestleMania 3, and Taker's lost some matches. I mean, we're in, I'm going to talk, I mean, WrestleMania 30, for God's sake, he, he lost to Brock. I mean, Taker did what's best for business, and so did Andre. But same time, it's like you look at guys on paper. Wait a minute, Strowman's already beat this guy. You've already had this guy beat him. How can we now we're gonna put him against another beast? Like, where does that go? Where do you go with this? That that's just that's just my biggest concern. That's that's just me thinking booking wise. But overall, solid, exciting match. It didn't I think it was probably the. The second best in the Trojan, better than the Rumble match. But overall, I kind of let down. The third match we get is a mixed tag match Edge and Beth Phoenix versus two members of Judgment Day, Finn Balor and uh, Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio. And we've been speculating this, and I was hoping we didn't get this at Mania, and I'm glad we didn't because I wanted to see Beth, Beth, not Beth, Rhea get a world title opportunity at Mania. And she's getting out because she won the rumble. Um, this is a match where I was like, okay, either I'm gonna really enjoy this or it's gonna be a letdown, and I really enjoyed this. First off, I will let you know, um, Edge and Beth Phoenix look incredible. Finn looks good. Rhea looks like a looks like a superstar. Dominic said he he's getting a lot of heat, and it is what it is. A um, couple things I want to know: Edge and Finn started this out, but Rhea and Beth stole the show in this. The clothesline spots, the talking shit back and forth. The short on clothesline, the snug working. Those two ladies were laying their shit in. Um, Dominic fucked up a spot on the apron, which accidents happen, but it was a fuck up. Um, It may have been on Beth, too. It could have been on both. It just meant bad timing. I apologize for that. Bad timing. And it happens. Um, It is what it is. Uh, Camera work caught off a shot where... They were getting some heat. Um, Edge and the crew. Uh, Finn was making a. They were, they were getting some heat on Edge in the uh, towards the end of the match. And Beth Phoenix did a spot where she picked Dominic up and threw him in the threw him the ring ropes and knocked Finn down. And we didn't see that cool little spot in this the double powerbomb spot where it looked like Rhea was gonna do a Tower Doom spot and Beth came in there and grabbed Finn and they both did a walking powerbomb. The crowd pops on that, the crowd's been on their hand. the crowd has not been on their hands, they've been on their feet all night, and they pop, they pop, and Beth comes off the uh, ropes, and her and Beth Phoenix, I'm sorry, Rhea and Beth Phoenix come off and hit each other with two of these stiffest fucking clotheslines, knock the living shit out of each other. Um, good. Uh, also, I want to highlight the spot where Rhea threw Rhea into the, uh, when Beth threw Rhea into the steel steps, who made a little reaction. Beth Phoenix don't get the credit she deserves. I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, she don't get a lot of credit. Beth was in that tier between the divas and being women wrestlers being serious. She was a catalyst. Beth, if Beth had been in this era now, you could see her main event in Mania, win a Rumble or something like that. Beth Phoenix was a a really really talented is a really talented performer, and you know the call her the glamazon. I mean, she does. I mean, she's built like a glamazon with her shoulders and her arms. I mean, she's a hell stout. And you know, Edge is. Edge is edge, man. He's awesome. Um, looked like we were gonna get the Finn was gonna win. They were gonna win this. Also, oh, um the what was the the gland slam on the outside that Beth hit Rhea with was pretty awesome. Bustle Rhea's selling ability. There's three things I want to highlight about Rhea Ripley. In this one, she had she for how young she is, she knows where she's at all times her confidence. Two, she sells so well. See, in a match like this, she sells so well, it's like, damn, she's great. But then when she sells for somebody who's lesser a performer, performer, because let's be honest, Rhea Ripley, there's only maybe three or four girls in that roster that are better than Rhea Ripley or, or they're on par. Charlotte, Bianca, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Asuka. Natalia is in that conversation. Those six right there are the only per- people in Rio. The set, the, the the Magnificent Seven, I'd like to call them. And you know, you got your Oscars and your Ra- Raquel Rodriguez. If I okay, let me go back. Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Oscar, Bianca, Natalia. Who's been? She's. I mean, she's the worker of the group. Obviously, I mean, everybody knows Natalia is the. She's kind of the straw that stirs a drink of the girls. Like she's like the locker room leader. She keeps things in order. But you got that. And then you got the, you know, if I'm skipping some names, I apologize. But there's, that's what I'm saying. She's part of that core of girls. Like, you go, there you go. But Rhea's kind of like the, like, Rhea's right there in the middle. Like, yeah, you're that girl, Rhea. You're her. You are her. And Rhea come, and she took a DT spot that was awesome. The superplex about the top rope. Her, her facial, the way she sold and crunched her back up was awesome. And then when she sold the gland slam on the outside was awesome. Um, Basically, Edge and Finn go back and forth. Edge hits a big spear, and then uh, Beth comes in behind and they hit the shatter machine. Little shout, to FTR, hat tip, and one, two, three, they get the win. Um, Edge and Beth get the win, and the Judgment Day lose. Um, You're thinking maybe this, and Edge is saying bye, this, this story is over, blah, blah, blah. The next nine a row, we don't know what happened. Finn came out and called us Edge, and there has been a rumor that they're going to go to. We're gonna see Edge and Finn at Mania, and there's been rumors about them going hell in a cell. There's rumors about Ed, uh, Finn bringing back the demon character, which I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with that. Uh, Edge versus um, Finn at Mania. I mean, they'll probably tear the house down. So yeah, match four of the night. We're gonna do the Elimination Chamber for the WWE United States Championship, and I like the fact that the mid card titles, the U.S. titles, are getting the U.S. championship is getting the spotlight, and this is what we got: Austin Theory. Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Montez Ford, and Seth Rollins. So we start out. The first person that comes out, obviously, is Austin Theory. He and, and he comes out. Can we change this thing? That hey, town down. That theme is so corny. Whatever. Now I what will say this: outside the corniest theme, Austin Theory has the look, the size, the charisma. He, and his work rate is good. He kid's going to be a star for the next ten years in this business. He has potential. Next guy comes out as uh, uh, the next guy that walks out uh right behind him is <clears throat> excuse me is Montez Ford. He walks out. And I've said this before. I'm sitting here watching this and I didn't know anything. I knew the the results of the match but I didn't know the intangibles of it when I was watching it today as I recorded this on a Wednesday and my uh, scheduled episode the scheduled bonus episode will drop Friday I did not think that, I said, if anybody needs a shiny moment, it's Montez. Because I've been saying this for the last six months. Montez, for when he put on, I know some about Montez, how thin, he used to be cut up and really, not skinny, but he was, he was cut up. And then see, he's bulked up a little bit. He's, you know, he's bulked up in his shoulders and his, his arms. You can see his length. I'm thinking, he's getting to the point where it's like Montez can be somebody, man. And, and boy, did he shine in this. Montez comes out next. Right behind him is Bronson Reed, and I was sitting there watching Bronson Reed. And I'm going, if Hugh Morris and Bam Bam Bigelow were cloned into one person, that's Bronson Reed, and that's not a that's not a knock, because Bam Bam Bigelow is one of the top five of ten greatest big men's ever. let a pair of boots, and Hugh Morris, Bill Demont, for his time, could go. He was under. He was like. He was right around six feet tall, six one, six two. He was three hundred pounds, and he could do. Drop kicks and moonsaults. I mean, he was incredible to watch. Just was an era of big guys. He was into today. He probably would be where Bronson is. Um, then Damian Priest comes after that. And I, you, anybody knows me knows I'm a fan of Damian Priest. I've always been a fan of Priest. Going back to his punishment, Martinez days and Ring of Honor, I like Damian Priest. Um, then, of course, we're going to get Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling. Here's the thing, guys. He comes out, and he's gonna start this match with Seth Rollins. Now I know all the internet wrestling communities out there, they got their, their dick in their hands. They're so excited. Oh my god, a dream match. A dream match. It's just like relax. Two guys that can work. One guy is a fucking superstar's charisma. And they're a guy, Johnny's same same face. Johnny's same face, which means he has no charisma. Johnny can work, no Christ, by he's a good in-ring worker. But Chris, he's just dull He When he gets on the microphone He's like The Wayne Tom It's just I just don't like John Gargano I like him as a wrestler But I just don't see Where everybody says He's this grand superstar That needs to be pushed I don't see it Just because he does 14 flips And an a, a, a over the top rope DDT And a suicide dive And a good super kick Doesn't mean he's a star Because anybody else On that roster Can probably do that Just saying He also has a disadvantage Of being 5 foot 9 And winning a buck 85 too but him and Seth start out. Seth Rollins comes out, and he has charisma. Seth has got the hair flow and He looks like a superstar. And They go in, they start the match all. And they go out there, and they go back and forth. Then Austin Theory comes in. Theory works his magic. They do some stuff with Theory. Priest comes in. Priest shows off his athleticism and his size and his power. And I didn't realize, Priest is 6'6", 6'7". He you know, weighs 249 pounds. Priest is a lot. He's so much leaner for his size. If Priest was about... Six foot four or six foot three, he probably looked more stout. He's just he's so um lean for his size, man. He's he's still a big dude. I'm just saying, like, his all his muscle looks like it's in the shoulders and his arms, it's in his chest a little bit, but it's you know, that's all. Then they go to a um, then bronzerie comes in, and Bronson came in and he did his thing. He laid waste, he did an awesome spot where he threw priests into the cage, into the pods. Um, excuse me. And then Montez Ford's coming and he literally opens the pot up, he chops and slaps and tells Reed to suck it. He runs in, and does a thing. he does a spot, hits a spine buster on Theory, and he acts like he's gonna do the um the people's elbow. Bronson Reed cuts him off. They do some spots. I mean, Montez did a thing where he held onto the top of the cell and dropped down the the the, the chamber and dropped down. Um there was also a spot, then we're going I'm gonna go later, but we're gonna buy by eliminations at this point. Bronson Reed after that, Bronson Reed gets, they, it took a super kick, three super kicks, excuse me, a DDT, a curb stomp, and a frog splash by three different people to put Bronson Reed away. That's how you get a monster over. He doesn't have to win, but to protect him like that, that was smart. It took a super kick, no, excuse me, three super kicks, a DDT, a curb stomp, and a frog splash by three different people to put Bronson Reed away. That's impressive. Right after that, finally, um, you know, they go to the spot. They do this awesome spot where Rollins has Gargano up on the top of the League, he's going to power bomb off. And Gargano counters it into a hurricanrana onto a bunch of people. And people, it pops, of course, is a pretty cool spot. Um, then uh, Johnny makes a comeback. Damien Priest cuts him off, hits the razor's edge, and Johnny Gargano is eliminated. So now the final four is Priest, Ford, Theory, Rollins. Four guys, in my opinion, they're absolute money. And I'm not saying DeBron's the reason. I, mean, I think he has potential. He's just got to keep building up. Johnny Gargano's going to be a guy to get the guy over. It's just what it is. So, <clears throat> Priest comes in. And he starts making a little bit of a comeback. They do an awesome, a blockbuster spot with Rollins and Ford. Ford eliminates Priest. So, okay, we right are at the final three. And Montez Ford makes a comeback. He's diving everywhere. showing his off off. He makes one mistake with Austin Theory. And it costs him with a curb stomp. And Theory takes advantage. And he pins... Montez Ford. So Ford had the best showing in this. I mean, we could go on about his athleticism, his comeback, what he did. Ford has a lot of ability. When they break the street profits up, I believe he's going to be a mega. He has to be a mega star. I really think he does. Angelo, by the way. Everybody thinks Angelo's going to be a guy who's going to be doing jobs. I don't think so. I think Angelo's got potential to be a good singles competitor. I think he really does. Um, As I take a drink of my tea. So we get to the final two, and they're doing the injury. And I actually was watching this, and I already knew what had happened, but I knew. I said, "How did?" I said, "Okay, they did the they did an injury angle with Montez where they get him out. Montez Ford did this so well that I actually would have believed. Oh my god! Like he's really hurt. It had me thinking, like, well, fuck, I'm watching live. Like I see why. And then. Um, Rollins has Fury, he hits him with a pedigree He's going for the curb stomp And I don't know where Logan Paul comes out With a buckshot lariat Sorry Hangman Page, probably, he does it a little bit better than you I think, and he lays Rollins out And then he goes around He goes like, alright ref, I'm going to leave And he curb stomps Rollins, shuts the chamber door And theory, hits his finish, 1-2-3 So obviously we're getting Rollins and um, <clears throat> uh, uh, Logan Paul at Mania Which is going to be a good match I think they'll have a good match here's my biggest bitch and gripe about this match. Go back and watch the finish. You see Rollins. He looked out of the corner of his eye, and he saw Logan Paul before he made that move. It's like, can we not make it look obvious? Can we not make it look... Outside of that, that chamber match was a good match, a great match, a lot of high spots. But you can see Rollins look at the corner of his eye like, oh, is he, okay? he, turned his, he turned his head at an angle to look. Instead, of just knowing that's when you, like, God, man, like... I'm sitting there thinking, man, and man, if they if they hadn't shot that and nobody saw Logan Paul coming and the camera, it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. It's just whatever. But so the rumor has it that we're gonna get, you know, obviously it looks like we're going Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. And we've been hearing that John Cena's returning on March 6th to Monday Night Raw. And there is a good possibility. That we will see Austin Theory versus John Cena for the US title at Mania. I'm down for that. Hopefully, uh, I like to see it, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. Now, finally, the main event, the match that everybody wanted to see Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. The Undisputed Universal Championship. Roman comes out, it's an echo of booze, and he's sitting there, he's soaking this in. Sami comes out to a loud ovation, and I want to make this clear. I think this this easily was the match of the night, and I'm gonna make it real clear to you guys. This is it's gonna be very hard to year to top a match this good, because this was fucking great. And I will also state this, and some people may not agree with me on this, but and I think, but I also believe, that there's a lot of old school wrestling fans that are gonna nod and appreciate me. In this see what happens when you get a crowd fully invested with me and you invested. You don't have. Half to start your match off. Bing, bang, boom. We got to get the people going. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn did not touch each other for almost 10 minutes in that match. And that crowd was hostile as hell. They were on their feet. They were cheering, doing the OLA chance for Sami Zayn. And they were chanting, fuck you, Roman, to Roman as well. The way to start this match I thought was great. Roman they lock up, Roman takes over and powers out and lays out Zayn. Zayn does a couple things. He takes over the next point, but Roman takes away. See, they didn't go in there and they like they wrestled. They chain wrestled. Because nobody in their right mind, especially me, were gonna believe that Same is going to just go toe to toe with Roman Reigns. No, he had to wrestle, he had to about remove him, he had to strike first and early, and that's what he did. And they did a spot where uh, Sammy does his famous over-the-top swanton dive, and he made a little bit of move. And, and Corey is on commentary talking about Reigns was holding his ear, his ear limit off. And Roman, Sammy comes on top rope, and Roman catches him with an uppercut. He's holding his ear, and then Roman starts getting his heat and taking over. And this is where Roman Reigns sets himself above everybody else. He knows where to go. He knows how to work a crowd. He takes advantages of the smallest things and makes them even bigger. And none of that. Also, the fact that he Sammy's wife and family around the outside. Roman was talking trash to his his wife, telling him, "Goes, I wanted you part of my family. I wanted to unite us. Why couldn't you unite us?" And then when he throws Sammy to the outside, go back and watch it. Sammy's kids are right there and they're crying. I believe those were his kids. They were crying. Roman had his look at his and goes, This is your family, this is what you want. I try to be you and his wife is sitting there, Sammy, you gotta get up, you gotta fight, you gotta fight. So I'm sitting there going like I'm sitting on the couch going, Yes, this is what I want. Why can't we get more of this? Why can't we do this? Jerry Jarrett, God rest his soul, has a quote. He used to have a quote in his office. Personal issues draw money. This is what wrestling is right here. God, this is awesome. I'm sitting there watching And Roman goes to the opposite side. And Sammy had the whole it looked like from the one the uh the right when you're walking towards the ring, the right side to about 10 seats over was his work from the right side, about 15, 10 to 15 seats were his family. And I thought to myself, I said, man, they're telling a hell of a story watching this. Sammy comes back. Roman fires up a little bit. Fucking Sammy basically come at it. Roman cuts him off with a standing rock bomb. And you're a gets a two count on that. Sammy hits a sunset flip power bomb and, and they got a two count on that. And then we thought we had it. Roman made a mistake. Sammy catches him with an exploder suplex in the corner, runs the opposite side, runs the side, thinks he's going to hit him. Saying, Reigns hits a hell of a Superman punch, gets a two count on that. And I can't remember. I just watched him. I can't remember. Sammy sets him up somehow, some way. He gets him in the corner. He hits the Iluva kick, and the crowd pops. I'm thinking, oh, my. And I'm, I am already know the results, but same time I'm thinking, damn. I said, I want to see this false finish. He goes there and pins him one two and Roman kicks out. It was so close. It was so damn close to being a three count. I was like, damn, it was close. So that was awesome. Um, They do some more shit on the outside. Roman goes for a spin on the side. Sammy Dodge goes to the barricade. Uh, He hits a blue thunderball. Gets a two count on that. I mean, it's everything—the emotion, drama, then. Sammy and uh, they do a, a false uh, do a. the referee gets knocked down Sammy hits another huluva kick and the crowd going one, two, three Jimmy Uso comes from the outside and super kicks super kicks uh, Zang hits a, a Uso splash covers Reigns a rough slide another ref slides in one, two and shoulders up um, okay we get a false finish on that Roman powers up and then they do a spot where Roman's talking shit to Sammy, talking shit to him, talking about, I'm one of you, you're nothing but a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. He, and Sammy smacks Roman. Roman fires up. Sammy cuts him off with a right hand. And as Roman has his, he, somehow, someway Roman gets behind him. Sammy runs across the ring. Oh, he had Roman on the ropes. He goes Roman crossing. He boots Jay out the uh Jimmy off the apron. Rain spears him. One, two, gets to show up, and Roman, and then you see Roman with a facial. And he and he's like got the look on like, What in the hell am I gonna do to put this away? The crowd's going crazy. Roman, the referee gets knocked down again after a Superman punch he gets invaded. Then Paul Heyman grabs a chair, gives the chair to Roman, and Jay Uso comes out of nowhere. And this is why I've always said. When you're doing a run-in, either a heel or a baby face, I know they don't do it. They don't do it as quiet as often as they used to. I don't need music. I understand that it's for a show, I understand, but sometimes it's just better having a guy come out because sometimes it's better for a pop. The guy just slide in and they're like, oh, oh shit, he's there. It's different than hearing the music. That everybody just jumps and, went, and by the time you get in the ring, the crowd kind of bells up and it goes up and down. You want the crowd going, Steady up, 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 up. If Jay comes in the way Jay came in, he came in the middle of the ring, cuts Roman off, and Roman's like, You hear Roman he kind of loses his voice because he's been yelling. He goes, Are you serious? Like he goes, You're going to take his side, blah, blah. And he hands him the chair, they can whack Sam, and he doesn't do it. And then Roman fucking looks at him and says he doesn't do it. He takes a chair from Jay, he goes, What the hell is wrong with you? And he shoves Jay. Jay. And Jay looks like he's about to fire up, and as soon as Roman turns around, Sam comes charging and he spears Jay Uso. And, Jay, and Sammy's like, man, what the fuck? I didn't mean to do that. Roman takes that chair and starts wearing Sammy's ass out. Roman goes to the corner, does his war cry, hits a spear. Referee slides in one, two, three. And I'm thinking, great match. Uh, I hate the term five-star match, but it would be in my opinion. Um, then, of course, Jimmy comes out. Get, they're going to get some more heat on Sam, Beat him up. Kevin Owens' music hits. And this is where I'm going to go with. It would have been meant more if Kevin Owens came running down with a chair or a bat in his hand and just commenced to just slinging that motherfucker around. Blah blah blah. And Roman and Uso's, uh, are, and Roman and uh, Roman and Jimmy and Paul are leaving. And that's in the show. But instead, Kevin comes in. He gets a little bit of comeback. He power bombs Jimmy Uso through the table. He stuns Paul Heyman, and then he gets Roman's in the corner. And he gives uh, uh, Sammy Roman, Roman hit, he hits Roman with a little, little of a kick. And in the show with Roman and them retreating, and Sammy's in the ring with a song with the fans uh, cheering him and everything else. That's in the show. I don't like that ending. I would have rather have Roman and Jimmy stand there getting some heat. Kevin almost comes out there with a bat, a chain, a chair, something in his hand. He runs off the fucking bloodline. Maybe he gets a shot in or two. And. At the end of the show, Roman and Jimmy are at the end. I would have had Roman and Jimmy and Paul at the end holding the belts up. Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Sammy's in there with KO, but have KO towards the ring ropes. Have Sammy sit in the ring like he's coming to, he's realizing, man, I didn't get it done. And have Jay on the outside of the ring looking in and you hear Jimmy's music, Sammy's music. And that's how you end the show. That's what I would have done, and I guarantee you, you would have had a better suspense of people going, "Oh shit, what's gonna happen Friday or Monday night?" Now, now I know what they're going for. They're gonna get we're getting Cody and Ro, Roman Romania. that's the main event. It should be. Um, also, I've seen Brian Alvarez, this smuck, Brian Alvarez, aka Roman um, Roman uh, Dave Meltzer's uh, right hand man, as they hold hands when they walk down the aisle together. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but. Those two guys, um, he made a tweet. He goes, I haven't found one person that told me why it should, uh, be, uh, why they should, uh, you know, why Roman should have not just had lost to Sammy. Why? I remember one person. Oh, uh, yeah, it's great. Let's just hot shot the fucking angle we've been playing for a while to have Cody versus Roman, man. And we don't even know Cody's going to beat me, beat Roman for the world titles. We don't even know that's going to happen. Some people are open in the air about it. It's not even a foregone conclusion. Instead, you got this, you know, let's just have him lose to Sammy Zayn and he'll go to Mania and let's have him beat Cody. No, because it, it, it doesn't make sense. It was okay for Sammy to win. To lose that match, it ain't going to hurt Sammy to lose that match. It would have made more sense. The only way Sammy could have won that match if Cody or Kevin interfered and cost Roman the belts. That's the only way it made... And it still wouldn't have made sense. And that's all I'm saying. But whatever. But I just... I just, the logic that people want to stir up is just ridiculous. They had a good match, a great match, they told a great story, and people online are a bitch about. And by the way, that crowd was stunned silent. I have not heard a crowd be that stunned silent after a finish since WrestleMania 30 when Taker lost to Brock Lesnar. Shows you a lot. Plain and simple. So overall, on a great level, what would I give WWE Elimination Chamber? I sat there and thought, women's match was a good spot to open up. Good booking on that side. the The Lashley and Bobby Lash, Lesnar and Bobby Lashley match was an angle match that just didn't solve anything. Third match, six tag, the mix tag was good. Elimination Chamber match was great. The World Title match sold the show for me I on a, an A to F schedule uh, grading. I'm going to give it a solid A minus. I think it deserves an A minus grade, and I'm going to roll with that. So anyway, guys, this was your bonus episode of Conversation with Shelby Green. Hope you have a great day, and like always, just remember the famous quote from me, the main man himself, I don't bullshit, I tell it like it is, straight up. Stay for, tuned for more updates on further programming of Conversations with Shelby Green.